Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Folks, we're going on grid. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports today, back here on a Thursday. Plenty to get to here on the show. Of course, Frank will dive into the NBA trade deadline. And both of us will talk about the latest in baseball. Will a trade finally be consummated for Mookie Betts? What will the Yankees do without James Paxton? Fantasy Sports Today starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome in Fantasy Sports today on this February 6, 2020. Craig Bish along with Frank Stample talking baseball, talking fantasy baseball with you. Everything that's happening in sports, we cover it here for two hours on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And if you're listening on demand, make sure you download all of the podcast apps where you can hear this show. Like and subscribe to it, especially on iTunes and Google Play. Android will get sent to you immediately after the show because Chris Pavona, when he's done with this, he uploads this to what we would call the cloud, and so you can get on this every single day. We'll cover a lot of fantasy baseball topics here today, a little fantasy baseball trust or bust. J.P. Aaron Sebia, former big league catcher, now works for Fox. He, uh, of course, I see him a lot because he's in the press box working and covering the Marlins, but, of course, he played for the Blue Jays. He was at their uh, fan fest about a month ago, so we'll talk to him about the Blue Jays, the Marlins, also catching in big league baseball who, from a fantasy perspective, we should be interested in in 2020. And, Frank, a uh, lot to cover here on the show. We'll get to the uh, update here real quick, but I know that you're following the NBA trade deadline as well. Yeah, following it very closely here, the trade deadline uh, going up to 3 p.m. Eastern time today. Uh, we had another trade last night. Andre Iguodala moves over to the Miami Heat. Uh, we've got some more news coming in with the New York Knicks. Of course, they couldn't wait a little bit longer to uh, hire a team president, so we can get into all of that as well. A gloomy day here out in New Jersey, but I'm not going to let that uh, get in the way of having a great show today, Craig. Let's do it. All right, so we're off and running here on this Thursday. And before we go any further, we're going to turn it over to Chris Bavona as he has the Sports Grid update here. And then we'll be right back. Don't go away. Sports Grid News Update. Thank you, Mr. Mish. Thank you, Mr. Frank. It is Chris Bavona with your Sports Grid News Update. Frank, you were just saying it yourself. The NBA trade deadline, it's just a few hours away. We have plenty of movement from around the association. But first, some breaking news from Adrian Wojnarowski. The New York Knicks plan to make CAA player agent Leon Rose the franchise's next president of operations. An SNY source also says William 
uh, World Wide West Wesley is under strong consideration to be part of the Knicks organization under Rose. You, you mentioned it right before, uh, Frank. The Memphis Grizzlies have agreed to a deal to send Andre Iguodala to the Miami Heat. Iguodala has also agreed to a two-year $30 million extension with Miami, including a team option. Justice Winslow is part of the package headed to Memphis. The forward has only played in 11 games for the Heat this season because of injuries. He's averaging 11.3 points, six rebounds, and four assists. In addition, Miami, Memphis, and the Oklahoma City Thunder are working on an elaborate three-team trade that would land the Heat both Iguodala and Danilo Gallinari. Not long after after landing Clint Capella, the Atlanta Hawks received center Dwayne Dedman from the Sacramento Kings in exchange for Atlanta forward Jabari Parker and center Alex Len. Sacramento is sending Atlanta a 2020 and 2021 second round pick in the deal as well. The Philadelphia 76ers made a move Wednesday to fortify their bench, landing forward Glenn Robinson III and guard Alec Burks in a trade with the Golden State Warriors. Philadelphia is sending Golden State a 2020 second round pick via Dallas, a 2021 second round pick via Denver, and a 2022 pick, a second round pick via Toronto. The blockbuster three-way trade that would send star outfielder Mookie Betts in baseball, excuse me, going over to the MLB here, the three-way trade that would send star outfielder Mookie Betts and starter David Price to the Los Angeles Dodgers has been held up due to questions regarding the health of one player involved in the deal. Sources say the Red Sox spooked after, were spooked after a medical review of Broussard Gratterall, uh, the hard-throwing 21-year-old right-hander who has undergone Tommy John surgery and missed time in 2019 because of a shoulder injury. Sources also say the teams involved believe there will be a happy ending to this situation and that alternative options to complete the deal still exist. That is it for me, Chris Bavona, with your Sports Grid Network. Back to Fantasy Sports Today. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today, and Craig and Frank with you. Let me bring Chris in back here for a second. Um, Chris, I have a quick question for you, if you don't mind, before we go any further. Yes, of course. I- I'm just I'm curious here, uh, not about the update itself, but why is it that you refer to me as Mr. Mish and Frank as Mr. Frank? Just out of curiosity. Any particular um, reason behind that? No, not really. <laughs> Okay. Not like really. That. I just like to. I. You know what? It just rolls off the tongue so much, so much quicker. Mister Mish and Mister Frank. Yeah, but Frank's name is Stamful, right? Yes. So yes. I, I am aware of that. Do you not like? Are you like adverse to his last name or something? No, not at all. I just like to. I just think. I just like Mister Frank. Okay. Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank, it is. I mean, all I right, could. Frank, I could. I could be. You know, a little less informal. You know, call him Frankie, baby. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, that's right up the alley. I just, I just was kind of wondering that because you like switch it up there. Like, if you called me Mister Craig and Mister Frank, then they would make more sense. I'm just, you know, you know, just the, the little things. You know, I'm just trying to keep in touch, uh, Chris. When sure. you're when you're in the pit, when you are in the fantasy pit here, Craig, nothing makes sense. It and we really and we does. like it that's that what way. I hear. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. That's not what I hear. That's what I know. So that's for sure. Okay. Um, all right, Frank. So we'll get back to the NBA here in a minute, Mr. Frank. Let's get back to baseball for a second here. The the biggest story, I think, from yesterday after we were off the air was clearly the injury that was reported that James Paxton of the New York Yankees, who you could say is their number two or number three starter, depending on how you feel about him, is going to be out for three to four months. That's obviously very disappointing I know for you because you drafted him in an early fantasy league, and if you would have listened to me, 
You probably still would have taken Paxton, but you wouldn't be drafting right now, Frank. If you ever listened to me, you would not be drafting. You would have waited. Now, that's not to say I knew anything on Paxton. I would not have avoided him. I like James Paxton. But this is why drafting early can sometimes burn you. Hopefully it won't affect you completely. The only thing that I would ask you, Frank, kind of bizarre to hear that they were trying to work through this and then Brian Cashman's comments that that's the reason why they co- they took uh, J-Hap and they kept J-Hap. Man, it would have been nice to know from uh, the Big Maple that he was hurt. Maybe he could have had this done a month or two ago. Instead, he's going to miss all of April and May. Yeah, it is very curious, right? And uh, especially a season after they had so many players go down, they basically revamped their entire uh, training staff there uh, with the Yankees so uh, I believe like he suffered this injury back in the postseason when he was pitching so you're right like why didn't he have why didn't he do something about this uh, in November December uh, even January right to you know maybe soften the blow and get get him back on the field uh, earlier on in the season in April uh, but you know now they say three to four months that, that puts us at around May, June, realistically. Like, we're probably not going to see him until the second half of the season, right? Like, post-All-Star break. Why would they rush James Paxton, someone who's dealt with so many injuries? He's never pitched more than 160 innings uh, in a single season. Uh, it, it's a very it's very curious, for sure, that they didn't uh, either kind of go forward with surgery uh, earlier on or kind of make it known here, especially given all the uh, injuries that they dealt with last year with the New York Yankees. Yeah, and you know that it's it is James Paxton, you know, so it's like immediately gives you pause of even taking him at this point. But Frank, I mean, that's that's the pitfalls of 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 drafting now, man. Like I know that you have the itch, and certainly I give you a mad respect for throwing down uh, at least three figures on a draft at the NFBC, but. You know, I guess the adverse to it, and and look, there are a lot of people out there who are very smart in the industry, and they say to start now and draft now because you can get ahead of the group think before the ADP really sets in, and I get that part, but I don't think it's worth the risk. I really don't. I don't. I don't think it is. I would rather wait and have the most information. I feel like putting myself in a room with other people who do what I do, I can succeed on any level, and so why I want to eliminate as much luck as possible. Paxton is not a league-winning player, and he's not a league-losing player, but I think this, this emphasizes my point to you, Frank. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way, but you know, you're, look, you're very bright, and you're in the industry, and you certainly could do any draft you want, and I wouldn't begrudge you for it. But this is why I like to have as much data as possible. I don't want a guy blowing his arm out, and I have him on my team. I get it. I get it 100%. And these are the pros and cons, right? Like, you you draft this early, you know the risk, especially with players like James Paxson who have an injury history. So you're right. I know we normally do uh, exit velocity at the end of the show. I mean, <laughs> I could start the show off today with exit velocity. I found out live during BFFs yesterday that James Paxson was going to miss this time basically an hour after uh, we selected him. I have a, a co-owner on this fantasy team as well. Uh, and I actually was pushing for Sonny Gray, so over James Paxson. So that makes this all the worse because – I didn't even really want James Paxton on my team. Uh, but, yeah, look, the, this is the con. This is the downside to drafting this early. Everyone's going everyone's gonna to perk up uh, the positives. Oh, well, you can, you can get this player ahead of ADP at this time. And, uh, you know, come March when we go live with main events in the NFBC, you know, all these pitchers are going to move up the board. And uh, all these young prospects and, and players, once we see what they do in spring training, are going to move up the board. I get that. But, again, there's, those are the pros. Here is the con, drafting James Paxson this early uh, and obviously going to miss the next three to four months. So uh, let's, let's remind everyone that, you know, 
there's uh, not everything's positive here when we're uh, when we're drafting this early. So I get it. I get why you don't want to draft this early. Yeah, I mean that's that's just that's that's just it for me. And again, this is not an I told you on Paxton at all. By the way, I don't I don't want to say that at all. That is not the case. I would be very happy to have him in a fantasy league this year. This is more of 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 an I told you that I think that. It, that like, and again, maybe I'm wrong, Frank. But you know, if I said to you, Frank, give me five guys that you're getting right now in the NFBC because the group think is not there, and you're getting them at a better price, and that's why you wanted a draft now. I would challenge you on that, and I don't know that you could provide me with five names. Maybe you could. I don't know. We'll see. That's why we have a two-hour show. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today, right after this. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Now what goes up must come down. Three up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank with you. It is February 6th. It is Thursday. Next week, pitchers and catchers on the field. Next week, actual news to talk about in baseball. Actual coach speak, actual best shape of your life speak. That's all coming next week. But before we do that, let's get through this week, shall we? We'll start off with uh, things that are trending up for me. I'll start off with the Chiefs parade. Absolutely rocking yesterday. Fun to watch that for sure. I mean, those parades are always fun. Guys getting silly. Also, some fun videos of people getting really drunk and falling out of trees. I can appreciate that as well. But uh, well done, and congratulations again to uh, Kansas City. Uh, also, some interesting posts yesterday. I don't know why these didn't get posted immediately after the Super Bowl. Maybe they did, and it's just me, and I missed it. But really cool jersey swap, I thought, after the Super Bowl, as Damian Williams and Raheem Mostert uh, swapped their jerseys. Now, I'm surprised Damian Williams gave him up, gave his up. Maybe I'm missing something here. But uh, they basically were two running backs that were undrafted. And, uh, and Williams, who some people thought was the MVP of the Super Bowl, was very happy to give his to uh, Raheem Mostert. And Mostert, of course, had the great playoffs. And, you know, not as great in the Super Bowl, certainly, but a great story for sure. And they're basically, essentially, uh, representing undrafted running backs in the NFL. And if that doesn't show you what the state of the running backs are in the NFL, you have two guys who nobody really thought of going into even uh, you know, a fantasy season a year ago. And then Damian Williams came on the scene with KC. Mostert came on the scene with San Francisco. Both those guys are playing in the Super Bowl. That's, uh, that's part of the deal in the NFL. Running backs just not really valuable. Speaking of which, uh, by the way, David Johnson was let go by the, or is going to be let go, excuse me, by the Arizona Cardinals. One of the uh, very sad stories. One great season and done, essentially. Um, okay, my final trending up story. How about this one, Mr. Frank? A man uh, was surprised that he received $50,000, uh, 50,000 letters, excuse me, that said exactly the same thing. 
A man in Ohio, he got these letters over and over and over again. They delivered them all to the post office, and it turns out it was an error. They were just copies of the same exact letter. His daughter's student loan company said they sent the letters by mistake to a, uh, through a new mailing system. So imagine that, Frank. You go to the post office, and they say you got to come get your mail, and it's 50,000 letters, and they're all exactly the same. Kind of funny. Thought I would bring that up. That's what's trending up for me today, Mr. Frank. What do you got? You know, that doesn't surprise me, actually, when it comes to student loans. Uh, someone who has paid off student loans myself, uh, I'm sure that they, you know, sent these letters by mistake, quote-unquote. Trending right. up for me, Jordan Montgomery will get the chance to uh, win a rotation spot here with the New York Yankees now that James Paxson is expected to miss the next three to four months. Uh, I know that they named a few other players as well uh, with the opportunity that they're going to have an open competition to win the fifth rotation spot. Uh, but I do have uh, some slight interest in Jordan Montgomery, especially in these deeper leagues and A. And- only drafts uh, as well. He's showed us a little something back in 2017. He's got some strikeout stuff. He had a 388 ERA, a 1.23 whip. So trending up, Jordan Montgomery uh, heading into the fantasy baseball season. The Miami Heat, I mentioned it last night. They trade for Andre Iguodala. They're currently fourth in the Eastern Conference. They traded for Andre Iguodala and then signed him to a two-year extension. The Miami Heat, already one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. They now add uh, a great defender in Andre Iguodala, a a veteran, somebody who is going to bring leadership to that team. He has championship experience. He has an MVP, an NBA Finals MVP as well, Uh, obviously competing against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, So good job by the Miami Heat getting that done. They're also trying to trade for Danilo Gallinari right now, so let's see if they can make that happen. My third and final trending up for the day here is, Craig, I know you have kids. I don't know how old your kids are, but... 7 and 13. If they... 7 and 13. All right, so you might have been part of the Dunkaroos craze, and even if you don't have kids, if you love Dunkaroos yourself, like I do... They are coming back. They are making a comeback here, Craig. I know yesterday you spoke about Macy's and some of these stores closing down. Uh, It always breaks my heart when we see these snacks from the 90s kind of uh, fade away into the darkness. But now Dunkaroos are making a comeback. The summer of 2020 will be the summer of Dunkaroos. I'm very excited, Craig. All right, yeah. uh, You know, personally for me, I wasn't huge on them. But uh, I will definitely dive back in for you, Frank, and then we can do a little comparison. You know, it was interesting that uh, Joe and I, when we were hosting this summer, uh, July, August, September, and then into the fall, the hot craze was the Popeye's chicken sandwich, Frank. I'm sure you remember that. It was like a very hot craze there for a while. And, yeah, uh, and it's I had, great. I had it's not a great tr- sandwich. Yeah, it is a great sandwich. I had not tried it up until about, like, December. It just wasn't on my, even though I was aware of it. Like, Likewise. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't on my radar, but then they opened up a Popeye's probably about 10 minutes from my house, and lo and behold, one day I drove by, and there wasn't a line, and I stopped, and I had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, and I've actually stopped since then one other time, too. So I've, I've eaten the Popeye's chicken sandwich now twice. All right, uh, trending down I don't know that I beat me. anybody up for it. I don't know that I'd beat anybody up for it or, or you know, right. murder, murder anybody for it, but it's, it's a damn good chicken yeah. sandwich. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I wonder I wonder when uh, Bavona goes through the Popeye's drive-thru if he says he's at Mr. Popeye's. I wonder. All right, trending down <laughs> for me. I got Shane Green and the Detroit Tigers. They cannot agree on a meager $500,000 in arbitration, really. Um, excuse me, the Braves. Like, you're not going to have your your player happy going into camp. You, you can't just basically, uh, you know, work together with this. I, I don't understand. Like, just 
This is so little money. You want your player happy. You want the team happy. It really makes no sense to me. So don't get it. Don't understand it. When it comes to arbitration, if you're millions apart and you can't come to a deal, fine. But if it's if it's over two, like Aguilar and the Marlins are over two hundred and fifty grand, like it's just that's just baffling to me. All right, so that's trending down. I took all the time last uh, last time we did this. I'm not going to do that today. So I'm going to stop here uh, with one more. Uh, this is a story right up Bavona's alley. Wild monkeys with deadly strain of herpes are spreading across Florida and into the sports grid pit. No, just Florida. Uh, diseased wild monkeys are spreading northeast through Florida. Their numbers are set to double within two years. The species of the center of a new warning from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Uh, it's, it's this type of monkey that was introduced in Silver Springs in the 1930s. Thank goodness this is not near me. Uh, they usually found in Asia. Either way, um, according to the CDC report, 30% of the monkeys are said to carry herpes B. And feeding wild monkeys in Florida is punishable by up to a $500 fine and 60 days in jail. They're not a protected species of Florida except for anti-cruelty laws. So just so you know, Frank, your next trip to Florida, if you see a monkey, leave it alone. Uh, thank you for that advice, and uh, I'll tell you, stay safe down there, man. I mean, between the Florida man and now you have Florida monkeys, like there's a lot going on. You you, you have a lot of crisis, crises to avert there uh, down in Florida, so please take care of yourself there, Craig. Uh, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals expected to cut David Johnson. It's crazy. It feels like just yesterday uh, we were drafting this guy as a top five pick, someone uh, who put together a 20-touchdown season. It seems like uh, he is going to be cut by the Arizona Cardinals, and they have to swallow a lot of dead money there as well in order yep. to make that happen. Uh, this is another win for the uh, running backs don't matter crowd, the analytical crowd on Twitter uh, that do not believe in paying running backs. We'll see if the Arizona Cardinals can bring back Kenyon Drake, some who uh, I'm sure you are, are familiar with uh, his time with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, he finally had the opportunity last year to start and take over with the Cardinals, and he looked great. So if he's the starter there, I have no problem with him being a you know third, maybe even second-round pick going into fantasy football uh, next season. Another topic here that I saw, and everyone saw, is uh, regarding around the uh, the holdup in the Mookie Betts trade because of uh, Bruce Dar Gratterall's uh, physical. Uh, apparently, uh, the Red Sox saw something they didn't like. I know he dealt with a shoulder injury last year. He has had Tommy John surgery in the past. Uh, I'm not sure if I buy that completely. Uh, it might just be the Red Sox saw everyone's reaction to them uh, getting fleeced, and uh, they, they might want to up that package. Uh, but this is what they're saying, that they're holding up the trade because of a physical quote-unquote physical yeah, i'm doing air sure. quotes right now so i'm not sure how true that is they they probably just uh know that they got fleeced and they're trying to get more out of it now uh last but not least a real life superhero shout out to uh producer danny okers here as well he usually helps me out with the with the pop, the pop culture news here uh and some of these more interesting stories because honestly craig i live under a rock and anything that's not sports related um i i usually don't don't know about so uh okay. real life superhero phoenix jones charged with selling drugs now this is especially interesting because phoenix jones is the alter ego of seattle resident ben fodor an mma fighter and leader of the rain city superhero movement an organization established in 2011 by costume wearing activists who described themselves as a quote crime fighting brigade 
So uh, it's not quite Florida, man, but it's not really far off either here. Uh, we have an MMA fighter who dresses up as a superhero uh, and now has been caught selling drugs. Um, nothing surprises me anymore, Craig. No, that, that one is a that's real bizarre, though. You need an alter ego to sell drugs. Huh? OK, yeah, fair enough. All right, so that's what we got for 3 Up, 3 Down here on the show on this February 6, 2020. Coming up next, we'll be joined by former big league catcher J.P. Arancibia. He'll talk to us about the Blue Jays, the Marlins catching in the game. Of course, once upon a time, J.P. may have been on your fantasy team, but this go-around, he'll be talking about your fantasy team. Uh, just a quick reminder here on Fantasy Sports Today. Frank and I are here every day from 11 to 1 on the East. You can also catch us over on the apps, which are the Fantasy Sports Radio app and, of course, the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app as well. And for those of you who just have no space on your phone whatsoever, I know it's like crazy to think that some people don't. If you don't, just go to FantasySportsNetwork.com and click FST with Craig Mish, and immediately you can hear this show every single day, either live or on demand. So best way you can do that is by checking us out via the apps, and hopefully very soon via the TV apps as well, like Zumo TV and Stir and some others. But we'll get to that next week. We'll get to JPR and CBN next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Frank Stample will be back in just two minutes. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish, Frank Stanford here on the show as we got you until 1 o'clock on the East. A lot of baseball back in the picture, both in Florida and in Arizona very soon. No stranger to that is our next guest, former big league catcher J.P. Aaron Sebia, of course, played with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, so we're going to talk to him about that. Now he does broadcasting for Fox, both on the pro side and on the college side. JP, thanks for coming on the show. Craig and Frank, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, good morning. I'm doing great. Uh, ready for baseball to get started. I hate uh, the offseason a lot, especially, I don't know why, since I got done playing, I actually hate it even more because I'm like, man, I, I just want baseball to come around. Yeah, I know we all feel that way. Um, let's start off, uh, you know, first of all, I know the two teams that you, I, I mean, listen, maybe you have other opinions too. I'd love to get your opinions on everything, honestly. But the two teams that I know that you have the most association with at this point is, of course, the team that you played so well for, the Toronto Blue Jays for many years at catcher, and then the Marlins we can get into in a little bit perhaps, and then maybe talk some catching as well. Um, let's start off with the Blue Jays because to me, that's one of the more polarizing teams in the off season. They have that nice young core of young players. And, uh, and, J.P., they went out there and spent a lot of money to bring in a pitcher and to bring in a pitcher in Hunjin Ryu. So uh, I want to start off with asking you the direction as to where you think the Blue Jays are headed at this point. Well, I think that I think that they obviously are headed, you know, up in the sense of, 
what they went out there and did. You can only talk about it for so long as far as, you know, we have a plan and, and there's young guys coming up. But at some point, those young guys need to have a team that's going to help them uh, win because they need pitching. And that was the one thing for me that I thought that they had to address in the offseason was pitching because, as we know it, we there's some horses in the A at least. Boston was down last year, but I don't think they're going to be down for much. And, and you have Atlanta – Atlanta, geez. Uh, you have Tampa and New York who have had phenomenal years. And so that's a tough division to be in, especially if you're – uh, going to try to compete. So I think position player-wise, they got young players and they got really, really good nucleus. Now the pitching part was the scary part for me. You go out and get Ryu. I think that's a huge signing. Can he stay healthy? I think that's been an issue with him before. He, you know, when he's healthy, he's really good. He's proved that last year, but he gets banged up. Um, they went out and got Tanner Rourke, which I think was a – they had to overpay him to get him to Toronto, uh, but he's been – you know, serviceable starter, and so he competes. They got Chase Anderson in the trade. So they got some guys that I believe that can help them uh, win games. Ryan Barucki, if he's healthy, that's another thing. He's a he's a super, super good starter. I think he's a, a top three starter when he's healthy, but he's continued to be banged up. And then Matt Shoemaker, is he going to be able to bounce off of the, the ACL surgery? Because last year he was on pace. He had a phenomenal start to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.P. Aaron Sebia is with us. Uh, uh, J.P., in the American League East, uh, we're waiting on a, a trade to be consummated here with uh, with Mookie Betts. Boy, what what a what an interesting trade here. The Red Sox basically trading their franchise player, one of the top five players in the game. What, what did you make of that when you heard it? Is this good for the game? Is it bad for the game? Is it just kind of where we're at? Well, I, I think you have to look at the track record of, of the decision-maker, right? The decision-maker is coming from Tampa and Hein Bloom. And Tampa is a, is a team that, that thinks less is more in a sense. And then you go to Boston, obviously you have a higher payroll. But one of the things that you heard about, uh, you know, Dombrowski is that he spent too much and he paid a lot of money and he overpaid. And um, so I, I imagine that that was something that they needed to cut ties with. And now you have Heim, who's in control of, of this organization, much as Andrew Friedman was when he came from Tampa and they go to they go to bigger salaries and, and, and uh, you know, a bigger fund that they can work with. And then they start knocking pieces off to make the team what they want to make it. You know, obviously it seemed like Mookie wasn't going to be signing a bet or signing a, a, a deal. And so, you know, do you get rid of them? And I think they got rid of them. It, it's crazy to me that they, that they did. And I think even David Price was a crazy thing, but it seems like the Dodgers every year, surprise people with what they do and I, I mean already a good team I think just got so much better so yeah the it's weird that they made the trade but you got to tip your hat I think to to the Dodgers for kind of going after it again Hey JP Frank Stanfield here thank you so much for joining us today I wanted to ask you about Jorge Alfaro obviously the starting catcher for the Miami Marlins he made huge strides offensively in 2019 still just 26 years old uh, hits the ball incredibly hard he hit 18 home runs last year he cut the strikeout rate by three percent as well I wanted to ask you has there been any talk about him raising the launch angle we hear that a lot in baseball nowadays uh, where people are trying to lift the ball more and I noticed that he still does hit a lot of ground balls that is Jorge Alfaro again 
Uh, if he raised his launch angle a little bit, we could see this guy hit 20, maybe even 25 home runs. Has there any, been any talk of Jorge Alfaro uh, potentially uh, increasing that launch angle heading into 2020? You know, what's funny is, is you know, I don't, first off, it, it, if you were to have that conversation with the player and, and you asked him to raise his launch angle, he'd probably question and go, what the heck does that mean? In a sense of guys, <laughs> guys, and I've, I've had many conversations with a lot of these guys and, and it's not as much as like, hey, are you trying to change your launch angle as much as like, hey, let's get the ball in the air more. And, and because of let's, getting the, let's get the ball in the air more, then the byproduct of that is you're going to have, you know, more home runs because you, but the, the launch angle stuff, I, I think, as far as for players is kind of a is kind of they don't really understand it as much as I'm sure they understand it. But it's not like you take a swing and you're like, well, I got to raise it to 29 percent and you're working that on the cage. You just try to get the ball in the air more and then it's a byproduct. I think Jorge Alfaro, when he continues to get better and learn, because right now he's still aggressive, but once he starts to have a better game plan and a better approach, because the, the, the ability is there. When you hit a ball, I mean, you watch him take batting practice. This guy hits balls as far as anybody can hit a baseball. And so when guys that are that strong, when they miss hit balls, it's still a home run. So when he learns that he can maybe step off the gas a little bit and have a better plan and try less in a sense, you'll see a guy like that take off. I think – it's, it's a good opportunity for him. He has a great, great mentor, Francisco Cervelli, who was a guy who, when he came up, was never considered an offensive hitter himself. He was more of a defensive-minded first guy. And then all of a sudden made himself into a pretty good offensive player, and that's why he's had a, you know, a, a great career. So I think that that's something also where, you know, Jorge Faro's around a guy like that who had to make these adjustments and became more of an offensive catcher than I mean, he was always very good defensively, but he his offensive game, you know, took a, a step up, and I think that's something that you can see, and and I think that's something Jorge Alfaro can benefit from. JP Aaron Sebia is with us. He's also a big fantasy fan on the football side. He was in our college football fantasy draft this year, so he kind of knows what we're looking for here. Let's end with this one, JP. Last couple minutes. Um, from the catching perspective in what we're trying to accomplish here in fantasy, I know you don't understand, maybe you don't understand it totally or completely. Maybe you do, I don't know. Um, we know Real Muto is at the top. We know JT, you know him, I know him very well too. Who, who are the next best catchers in baseball for you at this point? Everyone knows the names of Sanchez and Contreras and, and some of these other ones. Garver came on last year. Is there someone that you could throw out there that you think that, hey, this is a kid or someone that I know that I'd really like to see take that next step or somebody in that upper echelon of catchers? Well, I think one one guy that is going to be a dude, and you look out west, is Will Smith. I mean, he, he came up last year and, and put it on fire and had a great uh, you know season. Obviously, Garver is, is, has done a great job, but it I, what I like about Will Smith is he's always been, again, a defensive-minded catcher, grinded through the minor leagues, and then started figuring out some things offensively and has taken off. And I think those guys that have to go through that kind of development to become a better hitter stay better hitters as opposed to the guy that flies through the minor leagues, offensive-minded, gets to the big leagues, and stuff kind of goes out of control, and then they don't know what to do. I think that that's something uh, that – benefits will smith and so i i think he is a guy who you have to keep your eyes on uh because 
a, a full season with that team, with that lineup. Uh, obviously, you know how how important having guys around you and guys on base and all that stuff to your stats. I think Will Smith is definitely a guy uh, that may be under the radar, but I don't know how much longer he's going to be under the radar. Mm, good point. J.P. Aaron Seabill, you can follow him on Twitter at J.P. Aaron Seabill 9. Catch him on television on Fox Sports and also on Yahoo Sports in Canada. Does a great job. One of the really great budding broadcasters, I think, in uh, in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, thank you so much, J.P., for coming on. I'll catch you on Saturday, I'm assuming, at, uh, at the Fan Fest. And thank you again. We look forward to speaking again soon. Thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. J.P. Aaron Seabill with us here on Fantasy Sports Today. Frank, where do you got Will Smith? Where do you got Will Smith this year? Yeah, I have Will Smith as my uh, as my fifth catcher off the board here. I actually have him uh, ahead of Mitch Garver, although the NFBC ADP has Mitch Garver ahead of Will Smith. I mean, I just I love both lineups. The Twins lineup is no slouch either, but I, I just really love what I saw from Will Smith. Uh, it would have been interesting to, to ask JP what he thought of uh, Will Smith potentially avoiding that you know sophomore slump, right? Because obviously pitchers are going to make adjustments to him. He was great last year. He had 15 home runs and just 170 at bats. But you know, I'm sure pitchers are going to pitch him a little bit differently. So it uh, would have been cool to ask him about that. But I, I think that Will Smith is going to keep it coming here. Obviously, has the prospect pedigree and uh, offensively is, is just amazing. Uh, Mitch Garver, no slouch either. But uh, give me that prospect pedigree over Will Smith. I have him as my fifth catcher off the board. Yeah. All right. There you go. And by the way, Frank, if you ever want to ask an extra question, just hit me up, man. You got it, man. Whatever you want to do. That's, these are these are. Uh, hard fine. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to ask a question when we're, when we're getting into the when we're getting close to the break. You know, because I don't want to. You know, I don't want. I don't want JP talking all the way into the break or whatever. So. Yeah, and then it's I got Pavona right. yelling in First my ear. First week, go to the break. We'll go out. to the break, buddy. Go to the break. Go to the break. Yeah, I get to the break. <laughs> I don't want that. Go to the he's break. Gonna start, he's gonna start, exactly. He's gonna start calling me Mr. Craig. We don't want that. Okay. We'll take a brief timeout on Fantasy Sports today, and we'll be back with a lot more. Are you having fun listening to the show? Good, because we got a lot more of it coming up next on the way. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Frank Stample here on the show as we wrap out or wrap up the first hour of our program. we got a lot to get to here on the show. We're going to take a look at some of the props in the Westgate Resort and Hotel. I went on Eason Live this morning to do a little of these, and Frank and I will do a little of these as well. You know, actually, I'm, I'm guessing maybe maybe the, the sports book, Frank, that you have out there has these too. If they do, then certainly we'd be happy to give their lines out. Maybe the sports book directors out there or something. I don't know. If so, let me know. I'll uh, I'll send Danny on a on a voyage around the sports book. See if he can find uh, if we have any any over unders for uh, for hit props in baseball this season. Uh, I don't see it on their website, but you know they might have it here live in the studio. So uh, yeah, I'll send him around. Thing. See if we can see what we can find. Okay, we'll check that out. By the way, uh, just a programming note. So later on in the show, we're going to have a little. Um, 
fantasy baseball trust or bust. And, uh, and then we close out Thursday on tomorrow's show. A little bit different. Uh, Frank and I will be here, of course. I'll be on the first hour plus of the show. And then uh, due to the baseball commitments that I have covering, I'll be out for some of the second half. But Frank, of course, will be here with you. We'll also, as we always do on Friday, we'll play back some of the best of the interviews that we've done uh, throughout the week. I know some of you have the ability to go listen back on demand, but some of you just kind of like to listen to those live. I've learned that over the last decade or so. So uh, we'll play back. We had an interview with... Uh, with uh, Jack Youngblood on Monday. We also had an interview today with JPR and Sebia. And maybe, Chris, let's recue some of the Buck Showalter. That was a good interview, too. Maybe we can hit uh, back on that, too, and split split those up among three. So we'll play that, that back for you tomorrow. Uh, Monday and Tuesday here on the show, Frank and I get you ready for spring training. And then as spring training begins and pitchers and catchers report, we'll start doing team by team and position by position and take you all the way through the month of February. Hopefully right around the time we get into March, we'll be completed with that. And then you guys will be ready to draft, unlike Frank, who already started. All right. So let's take a look at some of the hit props in the Westgate Resort at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Uh, Frank, let's go through these together here a little bit. We'll start off with one of the higher ones. Whit Merrifield's total is at 176 and a half. And, uh, and, and obviously you have a choice here of three different things. You can go higher. You can go lower. Uh, also what you can do, and I advocate this very heavily, is you can also pass. If there's just a number that doesn't look good for you, this is something I do all the time. I always try to explain people when it comes to sports betting. It's not about hot takes. It's not about picking the entire board. If you don't feel like the number is good and you feel like the number is on, you just take a pass and think that that's about where it's going to be. So let's start off with Merrifield of the Royals, Frank. 176.5. Where do you have him this year? This is a high number, but I actually don't mind taking the over here. I mean, Merrifield's been uh, relatively healthy, 145-plus games in three straight seasons. The past two years, 192 and, 100, uh, and 206 hits, respectively. Uh, he should bat near the top of the lineup, so he's going to get a ton, a ton of at-bats, a ton of plate appearances. Uh, career 296 hitter as well. So, look, he makes a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out. He's relatively healthy. He's going to get the at-bats as well. 176, it's a big number, but... But uh, I like Whit Merrifield to go over this one. I don't mind this at all. What are you thinking, Craig? Yeah, I think the same thing. Let, let me ask you this, Frank. This is my only slight concern, and I know that this isn't something you necessarily uh, would guarantee, but what if I told you, Frank, that Whit Merrifield was traded to another team at the end of July? Uh, I would think that given the skill set and given how well he's played in the last two years, that no matter where he goes – that this is not going to be like a Scooter Jeanette situation where he would uh, you know, be play three times a week. I would assume that would keep the, bo the ball rolling, right? No matter where he goes, he's still a starter and plays every day, right? Yeah, the only thing I could see is maybe there's an adjustment period where if he goes to the National League because he hasn't played in the National League, like obviously there's interleague play, but he hasn't been on a National League team. So, you know, maybe seeing some new pitchers kind of throws him off a little bit, but each of the past two seasons up for a 28% line drive rate. Like this guy is a professional hitter, and I would have to imagine the team that trades for him is playing him every single day. So uh, I don't think that that would deter me from uh, taking the over here on Whit Merrifield's. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that I'm probably on the same boat as you on that. Um, let's move over to Mookie Betts, who is just, well, not yet traded, but we're waiting for him to be traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, his season last year, not as good. In 2018, his number at the Westgate is 170 and a half. Frank, was there anything that you saw last year that would lead you to believe that him going to L.A. will be uh, him worse than last year, better than last year? Is the number about right at 170 and a half? 
So I lean with the over here. He's gone over this number in four of the last five seasons, uh, and he has just a 12.8% career strikeout rate. So he makes a ton of contact. He makes a ton of uh, elite contact, hard contact, when he does put the ball in play. And I mentioned the other day uh, that you know there's some positive regression coming his way in the batting average department because he hit 295 last year. His expected batting average was 311. But what I was just saying about Whit Merrifield potentially changing leagues and seeing new pitchers, there might be an adjustment period there for Mookie Betts. So I lean with the over, but I don't feel as strong about this one as I do uh, with Whit Merrifield. So I'm kind of flip-flopping. I'd say that this number is fair. I probably would not touch this number myself. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I, I think that I would probably just pass this one. There's just so many factors involved here that are variables. Variable number one, as you mentioned, he's going to the Dodgers. Variable number two, he's playing for a contract. Now, look, a lot of times when, the, when players play for a contract, they have career years. There's also guys that just succumb to the pressure, as we've seen before, and don't have that. So I, I think there's just too much involved here not knowing, and you bring up a really good point. What will the months of April and May look like for Mookie Betts in uh, a Dodgers uniform? I would assume it will normalize itself out, but what if it doesn't? It's always a possibility, so it'll be a pass for me. Uh, Francisco Lindor, who missed, I think, about 10 days last year um, with the Cleveland Indians. His total this year is the same as Mookie Betts, Frank. It's sitting at 170 and a half. He'll also have those trade rumors swirling, I'm sure, in July. But this is, you know, one of the elite players in all of Major League Baseball. His total is 170 and a half. You like the over, the under, or is it a pass for you? I'm thinking this one's a pass for me as well, and I love him for fantasy, don't get me wrong. I think he's a first-round pick, there's no doubt about it. But he has the same number as Mookie Betts, and to me, Mookie Betts is a better hitter, has a better career batting average uh, than Lindor. Lindor has gone over this number three of the last four years. Something else that does kind of catch my eye here is he's someone that's continue, continuously raising the launch angle, hitting more fly balls, trying to hit more home runs, which could lead to more fly balls and easier outs as well. So I love the player Lindor, but when it comes to 170 and a half hits, this is probably a pass for me as well. He should be past, past the cash drain from last year, but that's something that is kind of in the back of my mind as well uh, as someone who relies on his speed. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass here on Francisco Lindor. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go under this number. I, I, think that, I think that you bring up some really good points, and he is trying to just simply launch a lot more. Uh, 32 home runs last year, 38 the year before that. And the other thing that's happened is that his uh, on-base percentage dropped significantly last year, too, from 352 to 335. That's not a small number, 17%. So uh, I'm going to go under 170.5. It would be my lean on this. And by the way, when it comes to wagering with me, uh, pretty much I'm just simply an over-under total guy at the end of the year, but we want to give you guys as much exposure as possible to all of the players and how we think. Uh, Nolan Arenado has been the subject of a lot of trade rumors. His total is 169.5. Uh, this feels like, Frank, an easy over if he stays at cores. It feels like an easy under if he leaves. I think that is a huge factor in this, and I think you got to bake that into the thinking. So 169.5 here. you got the over, the under, or a pass? I agree with you. This is an easy over if we assume that he stays in Coors Field uh, the entire season. We don't know what's going to happen. It seems like he is going to stay in Colorado um, at least to start the season. I'm not sure what's going to happen at the trade deadline. Just signed a huge contract extension, so it's not going to be 
you know, easy to move that, but I'm sure there are a lot of suitors for Nolan Arenado out there. Uh, I would take the over on this one, and I think it's probably the easiest one. I think he remains in Colorado this year. He's gone over this in five straight, uh, 295 career batting average. Last year had a career high, 315 batting average. Um, we know that Coors inflates the BABIP. That's some of the risk where, you know, if he were to get traded. But, uh, again, I'm in the mindset that I don't think that he is going to be traded uh, this season. Uh, so give me the over. I think this is probably the easiest one for me of, of all the ones we're going to talk about here, Craig. Yeah, and I would agree. If, if it's in Coors, it's an over. And if it's not, we're going to be hurt and we're going to be upset. And it's probably going to be an under, but that's what you would have to be counting on. All right, let's close it out with uh, Mike Trout. His total is one. 48 and a half for the season. He hasn't gone over that in three years. And uh, one thing that would be trending up to go on the over, Frank, is the fact that he's missed a ton of time over the last three years. And so if you think, oh, he's going to be healthy, he'll go over it. Uh, the negative to this is that I don't think that their angels are going to be, I don't think he's going to get walked as much as he has in the last couple of years, 122 and 110. Their offense is much better when they get Peterson and Otani for a whole season. Um, so you could go either way with this one, honestly. I think that there's some variance here. I think he walks less, but staying on the field has been an issue the last three years, and he hasn't gone over this total. So over 148.5, under 148.5, or a pass? I'm going to pass on this one as well, which is crazy, right, because it's Mike Trout. He is the best player in baseball right now, but you, you bring up the injuries. He's missed 98 games over the last three seasons, and I also thought the point you brought up about him uh, maybe being pitched to more uh, is also a really good one, right? Like when he stays on the field, he should see more pitches to hit based on you know the lineup additions and uh, Anthony Rendon and Jock Peterson obviously going to help Mike Trout this upcoming season, but he has missed a lot of time, uh, and because of that, you mentioned that variance. There's a wide range of outcomes here you know I really I've got to feel confident one way or another uh, if I'm going to place a wager on the over or the under here and I can't confidently say either one because of the injury history here so because of that it's a pass for me here I'm going to play it safe Craig yeah I and, and and this would be a pass for me as well on the home runs and we'll discuss his home run total I would still go over I mean this guy's a rock solid 35 40 home run guy every single year and they're not going to stop him and more fastballs could lead to more home runs with him uh, but I do think that the hit for him this year is going to come with on base percentage. And I think potentially it could come with, of course, walks because the lineup is better for the Angels. You have Otani for a full season. You have Jock Peterson. And how I slipped by Anthony Rendon's name, I'm not really sure. But you have Anthony Rendon's name there, too. You know that Trout has got to see more fastballs this year. It is a fact. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today at the top of the hour, as well as a sports grid update. Don't go away. Frank and Craig back with you in just a couple of minutes. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. 